He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I truly feel like a year into it that we're at the point where we have one team. We talk about one sales team, our reservationists. They book any one of those four markets. We have the same clients that are staying with us in Steamboat now, going to other markets and saying, this is what I wanted. We expanded because the guests said, if you were in other markets, we would follow you there. We want this experience in other places. It took us 20 years to be ready for that. Now we're at the point where we can deliver on that experience. And then to, to hear that the guests are having an incredible time, giving us great net promoter scores, giving us great reviews. Everything is sort of validated as this idea is working. You're listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, a podcast for those who are in and around the hospitality industry who love, live, and breathe what they do. You can join us for candid and unscripted conversations with hospitality experts and founders as we go deeper into their personal stories while they're sharing their triumphs and trials that got them to where they are today. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and you're listening to an episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast. Now, let's begin. All right, Slick Talkers, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. And if you are a longtime listener, then you will recognize this voice. Robin Cragen has joined me once again on the podcast, but this time we got to meet up in person in Steamboat Springs in Colorado here, where I live just in Denver, which was a very quick and easy ride for me to get to meet up with Robin and Heather as we dive in in this episode to not just their story because we've already done that but to what's next and what the last two years have been like for their operations in Steamboat and Beaver Creek and Vail all these Colorado rocky destinations you name it we cover it I loved my time in Steamboat Hospitality truly runs deep, not only in them, but in their team. I got to meet so many of the members at their office. I got to meet Dane, who I mentioned at the end of the episode, who was my shuttle driver when I was in town and was getting a ride back to the office. And then I also got to learn and also get my butt kicked in pickleball with Heather and, of course, Robin. It was a fun trip, but we got to record this episode, and I love recording in person whenever I can. So this was just a real treat for me, and I just want you guys to enjoy this episode as we talk to Robin about what's next what is the future for not only moving mountains but we cover a lot of industry banter as well now without further ado this episode is brought to you by minutes and if you haven't heard of minutes you're about to because today january 11th when this podcast episode is dropping they have officially launched and announced their outdoor sensors and this is huge because not only has it been a request and a demand from their users but they have been able to develop an outdoor sensor that does not need to be connected to an indoor sensor in order to work. Plus, they've created their own technology in order to make sure there's no false positives from wind, dogs barking, doors slamming, you name it. You won't get notified for those little noises. You'll only be notified for true, real party noise. Now, they're going to have a lot of education around this and what that entails. 
But let's just say you need to get a sensor. I have them, we use them, and we love them. So go ahead, check out the show notes, get the special offer just for Slick Talk listeners. And now before we go too long, I want to kick this episode off with Robin Cragen. Welcome back to the episode and let's dive in. All right, Robin Cragen, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be back. Well, be back, but this time we're not doing it virtually. We're doing it in person, in your office. Exactly. Slick Talk is on the road in Steamboat Springs. It's pretty exciting. Happy that you made the journey, an epic journey, and hopefully the journey home won't be too bad. But um, as we all know, we're better in person, right? Always better in person. You look way better in person than you do online. So yeah, it's a, <laughs> <laughs> a good thing. But it's uh, you and I get to see each other crossing paths in conferences. Every now and then I'll get to see the cool barbecue snow update from Facebook. The official barbecue cam. The official barbecue cam. Um, well, this is exciting. And uh, for a lot of the listeners, if you're listening to this episode and you don't know Robin Craig and you don't recognize his voice, you need to go back, check out the show notes because we cover his whole story and going into the Destination Air, how you won that in 2020 and how you've carried that through. But we're not going to cover you know, the story leading to where we are today. We're going to cover what's next because I think it's really cool to see creating the Destination Air Awards. I never thought I would be getting, you know, I was hoping, but never thought actually getting to come experience, you know, as a guest, going on tour with you, looking at the properties, your first property that you guys managed, uh, some of the bigger, amazing homes that you guys have scaled to in the last 20 years. So for me... You needed to know that it was for real. Oh, 100%. I, I needed knew this. To, I needed to see more than just the amazing purple logo on, on online. But with that, there's been so much that we've talked about and getting to see it in real hand is kind of breathtaking in a way of you can't believe the amount of work that goes into what you guys have built. So knowing your backstory, and again, for listeners, go backwards and, and check it out, but knowing your backstory and seeing where you are today I never expected, you know, from the conversations we got to play pickleball this morning to then last night having dinner with you and Heather and hearing about what is to come and what you kind of feel and see with the industry um, and not just the industry, but with your company. I was taken back. I wasn't expecting the uh, the answers of what I received or heard. So for the listeners out there, can you let's dial into moving mountains today. Here in Steamboat, you're in multiple markets. So we started in Steamboat. Yeah. And in 2019, we expanded into the Vale Valley, which included Vale and Beaver Creek. And we got through. Then we went straight into the pandemic, which was just a survival phase. We came out of that as everybody in this industry saw the kind of the boom coming. And we were able to acquire a company in Breckenridge. Um, so now we're in four markets, all within about 120 miles of each other. Um, it's a nice, comfortable driving range. I can get in a car and be in any one of those resorts within two hours. Um, but yeah, we have essentially three teams doing what we do in Steamboat now, in Steamboat, the Vale Valley, and in Breckenridge. It's pretty exciting. Well, a lot of people hear the word acquisition, right? So they're like, hey, you acquired... Um... We acquired uh, the Vale Valley Getaways in uh, the Vale Valley. It was a small company, family-owned, um, with about 30 properties, and then um, Paragon Lodging in Breckenridge. 
and uh, certainly was not, um, you know, realized that it took 20 years for us to expand outside of Steamboat. We grew our business literally one home at a time, mm-hmm. very slowly, very methodically. And I mean, we're bootstrapped where it's only our money. We're not funded by anyone else. So you could argue that perhaps we could have grown faster. Um, but in some respects, I feel like we earned every relationship that we have with every owner. And that's one of the reasons why owners stay with us um, an average of seven to 10 years, that we have a very low churn rate um, because this is a relationship-based business. So um, one of our great challenges, I think, was um, acquiring a portfolio of 70 homes in in Breckenridge and forming relationships of trust um, you know, with those owners. And that's the level of, you know, that's the level of relationship that we want to get to. And we've spent the best part of the last year um, showing those owners that we're serious about what we do, that they, um, we would like them to trust us. And I feel like it takes time. Um, but I, I think that's kind of where we're at. Mm-hmm. The same as um, building a trust with the team that essentially came from Paragon Lodging into Moving Mountains. And now I truly feel like a year into it that we're at the point where we have one team. We talk about one sales team, our reservationists. They book any one of those four markets. We have the same clients that are staying with us in Steamboat now, going to other markets and saying, this is what I wanted. We expanded because the guests said, if you were in other markets, we would follow you there. We want this experience in other places. It took us 20 years to be ready for that. Now we're at the point where we can deliver on that experience. And then to, to hear that the guests are having an incredible time, giving us great net promoter scores, giving us great reviews. Everything is sort of validated as this idea is working. So with it taking 20 years, you know, I've had the conversation a couple of times on, you know, there's some companies or some people we get to meet at, whether it's VRMA or other conferences, and they're, you know, two years in and 150 properties or more. With you guys taking 20 years, kind of give us, like I guess, a back work and not within like going to your story, but there's a certain standard that you guys have hit. And I got to, for anyone listening, I got to tour your first home. So seeing your first home to some of these other properties that you guys have now put into the rental program and become part of the brand, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of detail. And these aren't just any homes. Like you've, what I liked about our conversation is like, well, what about this? And, you know, maybe these companies are inquiring. They don't have the inventory that you want. You have a certain specific type of home, whether it's value from three to five million or, you know, the type of structure and setup that there is, you know, that's not something you can really scale in two years I, properly. I, I agree. I agree. Actually, um, I'll start you on just we said the word detail. And one minor detail is this is actually our 25th winter season. So mm. in truth, it's 25 years since we started this crazy business. And, um, yeah, we didn't get into it saying we would manage 200 homes. We uh, we had a vision of the business, which was Moving Mountain Chalet. Mm-hmm. And it was Moving Mountain Chalet and nothing else for the first two years. It was in our third year, we added an S. It was in about the 10th year that we decided when we became involved with a, a luxury slopeside property that was not a chalet, um, that we just wanted to become Moving Mountain. So we've gone through a series of evolutions. Our technologies evolved, our mm-hmm. systems have evolved, our team. We started hiring staff because we were taking on more um, people and more properties. And um, so, you know, the, the whole thing has been sort of a very step-by-step growth path. 
Um, but like you said, you know, you, ca you can't come into the business at the level that we're at. I think it would be very hard to show up and say, fine, we're going to start managing 200 homes. We're going to acquire a company and then figure it out. Mm -hmm. I think that's where you can run into problems. Yeah. So for us, it's super important that as we grew the business that not only did we maintain the standards, but in, if we could improve them, then that's what we would do. That's, in fact, what we've managed to achieve is we're all sitting here saying we're getting better and we're getting a little bit bigger every year. Well, and you don't have that imposter syndrome. You don't have the, well, this person has, or, you know, you can take big public companies, like they have this many homes. Well, we need to be there. We need to do that and learn that hard way of, you know, implementing these standards. I, th I think, and I, you know, I use this word unit. I think unit count is not a measure of success for mm -hmm. us. For me, the measure of success is guest satisfaction. Um, I would say it's employee satisfaction. And um, I would say it's, you know, those are our three constituents, our guests, staff, and owners. And it starts with your, it starts with your staff. And if you don't have a happy team, you cannot sustain this level of performance. It's hard work. Hmm. And if you don't have happy guests, then you don't have an ongoing business. And if you don't have happy owners, you don't have supply, as people like to call it. Well, consistency, too. Right, right. And, you know, for us, I feel lucky that we didn't choose to try and take over the universe um, by saying, you know, what we, what we learned, and it was by a certain amount of experimentation, is we learned that we were better at luxury than anything else. So it, as long as we had a home that lived up to the kind of experience we wanted to deliver, then the guests were happy. Mm -hmm. When we found something that was less expensive and less fancy and less well kitted out, what we actually realized it didn't matter how good we were, the guests were saying, well, you know, I'd rather stay in that house and maybe even pay a little bit more to stay in that kind of home. And we kind of realized that, you know, our, our whole mindset came from, you know, this background in, in luxury sailing charters, that if we were going to continue down the path we were on, we really needed to stay in a niche. And I guess I've kind of learned the terminology along the way. Mm -hmm. You know, I love Matt Landau's limited edition theory. Mm -hmm. um, I think that fully describes the kind of business we are. Um, and you hear people talking a lot about niches in our industry. And um, I think I prefer that to trying to be everything to everybody. Well, and you, you said it perfectly without saying the phrase, but you can't, no matter how much lipstick you put on a pig, it's still a pig, and it's yep. still something that probably a lot of guests didn't want. Um, it's true. I mean, we don't like to be apologizing for the house. Yeah. Um, I think it's, and there's no one thing that makes you great in this industry. You've got to have great staff. It really helps if you have good homes. You've got to have consistency. Um, you know, you've got to meet or exceed expectations again and again and again. You can't just do it once. You've got to do it week in and week out. Mm -hmm. And you've got to do that in a way that is sustainable. So how do you make that sustainable? Well, you, I hate to say it this way, but you systemize some part of that. Mm -hmm. You create standards, you create checklists, and then you get your team on board with the idea that our greatest achievement would be to maintain or, or to go above if possible on any of these standards. And if we deviate from that, what we know is that's when you get the phone call at, at 8 o'clock at night when you're ready to be home and done with your day mm -hmm. saying, hey, you know, someone missed cleaning the grill. or Someone missed, um, you know, there's a hair in the bathtub. I don't think this bathroom's clean. Or, uh, you know, someone um, 
left a window open and pipes are frozen in this house. So any number of things can happen in this, uh, in this and it's like uh, there's a lot of moving parts, there's a lot of things to check. The more we effort we put into that, the easier, it's like the harder we work, the easier it gets. <laughs> Which is, that, that sounds so simple to say, but it true, it's true. Mm-hmm. I wish the owners knew everything that we put into it. You know, we have our, our whole team sits down several times a year and really works on what can we do better to work together, what, what can we improve in, as far as owner or guest experience. And, I mean, valuable time and energy is put into how do we make our technology work better, how do we make our communications better. It's just constant, a constant drive to improve, to get better and better. Well, and the cool part about this whole experience is I've gotten to meet a lot of the team. Um, Stephanie couldn't say more greater things and just seeing it. Like, it wasn't just a, oh, nice to meet you. And yeah, we love this. We love working here because Robin's telling me to say this in front of you now. It's like, <laughs> no, she like genuinely was passionate about going into it. And there was a lot of stuff which, by surprise, in a great way, you were like, oh, really? I don't, yeah, yeah, it's, you're right. That or that's a new thing. All right. And it maybe no, because like you don't have to be hovering over anybody. The team's really functioning and there's pleasantly surprising you. And it's been cool to watch. Like you're like, oh, yeah, I looking at I photos. Think it is and Stephanie's company as much as anyone else's yeah. in terms of the experience that they deliver. And I know that she thinks of it as um, this is her life's work. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what she does as much as this is what we do. And I, I feel like we cultivate that if we can in the staff that, you know, there's room for new ideas. Um, there's room for expression. But we're also, you know, we celebrate anyone that gets called out by the guest as having delivered a great experience to the guest. Anyone that shows up by name in a survey, um, you know, they get spiffed an extra $25. You know, it's that recognition as much as anything else. It's shared with the whole team. Hey, mm-hmm. I got called out by, you know, this guest. Um, but it speaks to the idea that we believe that this business, certainly our part of the vacation rental industry, is a relationship business. Mm-hmm. So you've got to live and breathe that. You can't just say it. You actually have to form relationships with guests. And you hear that. I, what I'm delighted to hear is it doesn't need to come back to myself or to Heather, but it comes back to Jill, who runs the front desk, or it comes back to Adam, who is our maintenance manager it comes back to stephanie who's you know the gm of everything here in the steamboat or one of our other teams chip and kayla over in breckenridge or julia over in uh, in the vale valley you know these are the people that are working with their team it's their show yeah and we are just you know united in the idea that um, moving mountains is kind of an experience a series of experiences you can have in any one of these different locations well, can I ask you a question on the transition from you and Heather to really running the show, being the Robin and Heather show? Yeah, it's not the Robin and Heather show anymore. Not anymore. It hasn't but, been for a while. But now, so you had that first transition, but now acquiring a company in a completely different market, mm-hmm. and you said a year later you finally feel like they also feel like they're part of the Moving Mountains team. It was not Paragon Lodging anymore. It's right. moving. So can you maybe describe similarities and differences between those two transitions? Those, um, those are pretty big, especially for I, an entrepreneur. Yeah, I don't. I honestly don't know how the bigger companies um, can pull this off. I, I don't know if behind the scenes whether it really does work. Yeah. But I know how much effort we put into making sure that the people joining our team felt like they were joining a 
family where they were going to be valued and appreciated and trusted. And, um, you know, there are certain elements to being a good employer um, that we don't shy away from. You know, we provide, you know, the nuts and bolts of providing employees with great benefits, but also showing them a total compensation schedule so they understand that we're helping them to be smart with their money. Mm. Part of their compensation is their hourly pay or their salary. Mm-hmm. Um, but other parts of that that we've leaned into is being able to provide them with medical coverage. And we're actually do- just going through a big change of our PEO because we found a company that can offer an even better policy, less expensive for people to buy insurance for dependents. You know, none of this kind of thing without going down the whole list None of this is that exciting um, to talk about, but it is exciting in terms of how it translates to the employee's bottom line Mm. and helping them understand, you know, we match 3% against um, retirement savings. So we're educating our our team to save for retirement, you know, a plan for their future. And we put money into an HSA account so that they can have tax-free dollars to pay their deductible or any medical expenses. And it's like things like that, that you're actually helping them when they come to the time that they need that stuff, then they appreciate it. Yeah. So we have had employees that have come back to us even in the last, well, especially going through the COVID years, but, um, you know, in the last few years, everyone has something in their lives at some point and knowing that you don't have to worry about, um, you know, your benefits. I think it's a huge deal and it provides them with a great deal of security. So, Anyway, that's just one part of, I think, what someone gets when they join a team. Um, you know, we've, we have a great culture that I think is very visible that we talk about on a regular basis. I well, you literally make it visible on a wall. Yeah, we've <laughs> got a great culture wall here in Steamboat. We just um, put one into our new um, office in the Vale Valley in Avon. And, um, you know, it's a kind of a daily reminder that we have a culture that binds us together. Um, but we live by that culture. It's not just something that's on the wall. When we talk about every challenge is an opportunity, I mean, that doesn't mean it's unique to moving mountains. But, you know, in the context of when that happens here, that there is a challenge, how do we find that opportunity? It's a very useful thing to help the staff know that if I'm following this, then I'm leading us towards achieving our mission. And that is the whole idea when we have nearly 80 full-time staff is getting everybody to pull in the same direction. It leads you towards achieving your mission, which leads to satisfied guests who give you a great net promoter score, who write five-star reviews on Google, and that just brings more people back to us. Hey, sorry to interrupt the episode, but you know what also helps with your net promoter scores? A great little tool that I like to call Hostfully. Hostfully is a proud sponsor of this podcast. They've been with us for so long, and yet we still continue to be shocked by the amount of creativity and use cases for their digital guidebooks and their property management software. Well, if you get their property management software or their digital guidebooks, then you can experience the best way to help communicate with your guests in order to cut down on inefficiencies in your business. Without going on too much, I just want you to know this is such a great tool for all property managers of all shapes and sizes. And now back to the episode. So now with this whole transition into growing a team that was existing prior to you, how, tell me like your mindset on that because this isn't easy. I'm a young entrepreneur. You've been doing this way longer than I have. 
So getting to, I guess, properly mindset shift that in the sense of this is my brand, this becomes our brand. Maybe is there, was there anything expected or unexpected with this whole growth phase now? A year um, later. Well, I wouldn't want anyone to think that we knew all the answers when we came into this. So yeah. I think both myself and Heather um, <clears throat> have a natural curiosity for knowledge yeah. and we look for answers. And in some cases, those answers come from other people. We've worked with consultants in the industry. You know, I've certainly talked to a lot of um, thought leaders. You know, Simon Lehman's been a great um, advisor to us. Um, we've done um, things with Matt Landau. Um, I've been part of the inner circle, so I benefited part of, mm. uh, in part from the knowledge that people have shared on forums like that. So I think as a, as an entrepreneur, don't imagine that you have all the answers, but yeah. keep looking for the answers is one thing. And then um, when those answers connect back to something that you're trying to do, then put them into action and and see what happens. I mean, it's a lot of this is, is not being afraid to try stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I would say that I, I'm fond of saying that we're pro- a product of our failures more than of our successes mm-hmm. because we've made a lot of mistakes because we've tried a lot of things and the good news is that we learn from our mistakes. Yeah. So we get better. Every time we make a mistake, we try never to make that same mistake again. And we've missed things and we've overlooked things and we haven't thought things through and we've learned the hard way. And then here we are today in a position where you could say we make fewer mistakes today than we used to in the beginning. So I'd say that look for new ideas. Don't be afraid to try new things. Learn from your failures. Don't repeat them. <laughs> the final thing that I would say to a business owner who's been doing this a while and is wondering what the next step is, is you know, part of the transition is actually being willing to give more decision-making and control to others. And, you know, there's a lot of being, an, uh, there's a lot about being an entrepreneur that um, you like to feel like I've got this, I've got my finger on the pulse, I know what's going on. And I mean, I have been there where I've known everything from what the housekeepers are doing to what the vehicle maintenance costs are to what every homeowner's performance numbers are. You know, you can be everything in every place. You can be in the center of mission control, but it, all that ends up happening when you're in that situation, you're the only person that everything has to go through is it starts creating a bottleneck because you're mm-hmm. in the business. And what you find is that you're going to end up frustrating your team. And there, what I think I was really excited to see is how willing and excited people are when you say, you don't need to ask me about this. You've got this. You know how this works. If you have a problem and you need an answer or you need someone to help you, then I'm here. But I want to be here as your backup. I don't need to help you manage the day-to-day. And the, maybe in the beginning, that starts with you take a vacation. You know, and there, I know people in this industry who are like, well, I can't take a vacation until the mountain closes down, whatever. And it's like when you take a vacation, you go away for a week in the middle of the season, maybe not the busiest week, but you go away for a week in the middle of the season. They make decisions without you, and you come back, and they are taller and stronger, and they go faster. And they do things without you that you don't need to manage. Or you don't need to micromanage because they would start seeing that as micromanagement. So, you know, that's one of the nicer things about um, growing your business is saying, hey, we could take a three-week trip to Europe. We could have that kind of experience in the summer, take our family somewhere. And when we come back, the wheels have not fallen off the bus. 
And then you realize that we need to do this more. So actually stepping back deliberately, intentionally, and I'm in a very deliberate phase of stepping back right now where I've been saying to my team, you know, it doesn't really matter what I think. It, what, what matters at this point is what you think. I'll be really interested to see how that works out. Now, I didn't figure that out. I, I got that kind of concept from working with a business coach who's coaching me towards, if you don't want to be there, you can't have your hands on the wheels any longer. And, you know, that's the position that we've taken right now is not that, hey, we're going to just sit back and, and eat bonbons and, and uh, go and get massages all day. Is we're stepping back because we have other projects that we want to work on and we need the mountain operation to stand on its own two feet. And what is exciting to see, I think we've picked the right people, is they are chomping at the bit to show us what they can do. And they're doing it. I mean, they've been doing it for a while. So it's an interesting uh, and exciting place for us to be right now. Well, I was going to say that's a perfect segue because you mentioned you know getting the mountain operation up and running and standing on its own two feet to, so that way you can work on other side projects or other passion projects. So doing this for 25 years and you've got the right people in the right place, you've mentioned multiple different resources from industry consultants to business coaches to inner circle forums, all great things to do because you're using not just like, oh, we're infusing capital in the business to grow and to invest in the business, but you're investing in yourself, which is allowing you to learn these other lessons along the way that invest in the company. So the exciting question, and I was so glad that I accidentally got this right last night <laughs> by asking you, what's next for Moving Mountains? Do you become Moving Oceans? And you said, yes. You're like, actually, for sure, that's exactly what we do. So what does Moving Oceans look like? And it's and maybe just give a little glimpse for anyone who's maybe listened but hasn't gone backwards to your first episode, sharing kind of just why this is a full circle journey for you. Okay. Well, um, so if you don't know our whole story, and I'm not going to tell it right here, but um, we came into hospitality through the experience of running a luxury yacht in the British Virgin Islands. And it's where we um, took people on a sailing charter around the BVI, showed them the best of the islands. Um, I was the captain, Heather's the chef, and we had a first mate. And we realized that we, we saw the potential of what we could put into the guest experience that could help them have one of the best vacations of their lives. And it was hearing guests say, that was one of the best trips we've ever had. You know, that gave us goosebumps and it gave us that feeling of these people can travel anywhere. And we're able to come to the end of the week where they say, you know, it really made a difference. You know, it really exceeded all of our expectations. So we translated a lot of that thinking, you know, that thirst to hear that into moving mountains. What we've realized in going back to the Annapolis Boat Show for our 25th anniversary um, in 2021 was the yachting industry hasn't changed much, that we left behind in 25 years behind us. Um, it has not moved forwards in the way that I think that the uh, vacation rental industry has grown up. And we feel like our standards and our experiences are um, something that could translate back into that world. And wouldn't it be exciting to go kind of full circle back into the world of yacht charters and where we can take the trust relationship that we have with the current guests that are staying with us and say, okay, you've had a great experience with us in the mountains. What about having this experience on a yacht? And I can relate to that, even though that sounds like 
you know, one could not be further from the other. Mm -hmm. um, I can relate to that because those are two things that make me smile. Either, you know, going down a big slope with uh, powder blowing in your face and uh, feeling the wind in your hair to being on a yacht and using the wind to, um, you know, control where you go and to navigate and to, uh, to enjoy being out in the water and to have fun in the water with your family and friends. I mean, those are great experiences that translate exactly. And the idea that you could have that and be with um, a crew or a company, in our case here in the mountains, who can be one step ahead of you and say, hey, you could do this, hey, you could do that. Let me get this set up for you. You're coming for a week or 10 days and we're gonna help you maximize that time. Well, it's exactly the same experience on a yacht. You can just drive people around or you can deliver something that will effectively, you know, let's say you changed us, you created memories for us, you enabled us to watch the sun go down with the perfect cocktail in the perfect location where no one else was. You know, we just had this amazing experiences. Those are the things that we kind of feel like we can bring back through uh, going back into the sailing world. So we're in the process of building a boat that will go in the water in uh, 2024. And it is kind of a tribute to the people we worked for in the BBI, Barry and Rosalind Rice. Mm. And um, that, you know, we were very close with that family. Sadly, they have both um, passed away, but their daughter Susanna still lives in the BBI. And uh, so our, um, our, our boat's gonna be called the Endless Summer Three. Mm. We ran a boat called Endless Summer 2. This will be continuing their legacy. Mm. 25, year late, 25 years later, they helped us get started with Moving Mountains. They gave us that kind of initial push. And many of those clients that sailed with us were some of our first guests that came and sailed with us that we're still in touch with and who are just beside themselves with excitement that we're going to launch in the Summer 3 and go back into the BBI. It's so cool. The only thing that's really changing for you guys is the location. And yeah, the inventory, quote unquote, inventory type is changing, but you're still practicing the same thing. You know, it's still an incredible part of um, you know the world. Yeah. So the Colorado Rockies, it's iconic. It's unbelievably breathtaking scenery. Um, the air is a little breathtaking. Too, <laughs> as <you> discovered literally. <laughs> um, so, uh, but I mean, the BVI is not. You cannot imagine um, a better place to go and do a sailing vacation. You could go up and down the Caribbean islands, but I really think if you're going somewhere for a week, I mean, the kind of weeks that we had with people, um, it is one of the best uh, destinations that I can imagine. So that is, um, that is step one of where we think we can go beyond moving mountains. And it seems very natural to also add the word beaches to the equation. We're also exploring some options to go into Costa Rica. So Moving Mountains is going to evolve into Moving Beaches. That is very much kind of in line. You know, that's villas or luxury homes uh, close to the beach in uh, starting in Tamarindo, Costa Rica. And, uh, and then, of course, out in left field is getting that vacation rental concept back onto a boat. Well, and so tell me, I guess, the difference. We talked about it last night, you know, the difference between Moving mountains and moving beaches is that you're going to go in more of a more without being so you're not going to be like a Marriott but being more of a flag being more of a it's a more it's a partnership model is yeah. how we're thinking of it right now so that would mean a relationship between us and a boots on the ground property management company but they would be flying our flag not a franchise 
maybe more an informal licensing agreement yeah. in terms of implementing the standards that we have, the branding touches, making sure that the guest, you know, we're, we're pretty confident with the company we're talking to that we're aligned as far as um, what the touch points would look like. I think they speak with the same voice and the same passion that we do. Um, but making sure that, um, you know, that that translates as close as possible, that's the work that we're doing right now yeah. in terms of identifying the standards, you know, right down to what is the kitchen inventory, um, what is the kind of the bedding look like, what are the soaps and, you know, all the little touch points that the guests have in the home, um, the checklists, the process and things like that to ensure that the guest experience from arrival through to departure is comfortable, feels safe, feels like meets or exceeds the expectations that are created from the marketing and the reservations process. So yeah, it's a whole process. When you try and do it in a different environment, you realize how much work goes well, into that. The only thing the guests are changing on their end or should be changing on their end is whether to pack for snow or for the beach. Right. Uh, different packing list for sure why did you guys decide to go the partner model rather than just starting your own and going from zero to you know 20 or whatever the count would be well i believe part of our success in colorado is because we retain that hyper local focus Mm -hmm. so we leverage our local relationships our local connections um and i don't imagine that we could just show up in Tamarindo and Costa Rica and achieve the same kind of success because we're going to be gringos. We don't speak the language Mm -hmm. like we need to. We don't have the connections. And, you know, it's the support network that you put around um, managing the property that allows you to be more consistent in delivering that experience. So, you know, here in Colorado, in each of our different markets, we're leaning on an HVAC specialist, a hot tub specialist, um, plumbers, electricians, snow removal contractors. I mean, there's a whole legion of well, other even companies. just like remodeling contractors. You guys exactly, have gone yeah. through a lot of those. All these these people are also on our team here. Yeah. So when you go into a new market and a new uh, a new area, even a new country, not only do you have cultural differences, but I I I think we would be total outsiders, and I don't imagine that we could be successful. Um, without going through a lot of discovery of, you know, we don't want to make that many mistakes. Yeah. So by partnering, by aligning ourselves with a local manager, we think that that's a good starting point. Um, And I mentioned before, it's about trying things and seeing what works. So we are trying this to see what part of it works. And I think what we learned from that, from trying it, is what's going to guide us through, you know, how we really roll this out. So... It's an experimentation, but we've been teasing our guests through our guest surveys about beaches and oceans, <laughs> and we're getting a lot of, hell yeah, <laughs> send me the info. Yeah. Well, and that's a, the cool thing, and I've always liked that about our conversations is not, you know, you're not depending on the channels. You're not, you, you know your guests, which is great. Um, you're not depending on the channels to bring them to you. You have a huge database full of them. So what a great way to tease it, but also – no, for sure. Like they are your target audience. You're not having to rediscover a new target audience. Right. Um, so that that's what's exciting because it's it's a guaranteed validation. Uh, all you have to do is take the 25 years of learnings and apply it, right. and and pretty much not train, but like kind of walk through this with a new partner. Um, 
Yeah. That's I've just been having. And I think our guests, um, you know, it's it's a long journey for them in terms of, you know, people that have stayed maybe in the last five years, maybe have stayed two or three or four times. Um, you know, people don't come with, they're not dyed in the wall, moving mountains, purple in the, you know, blood flowing through their veins. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're saying if, if what you offer is in line with what we want to do, if we want to come to Colorado, then we're going to stay with you guys. Mm. I think those same people, what we're seeing through the research we're doing is when those some same people say, oh, I've always wanted to go to Costa Rica. But I never wanted to stay in, a, you know, one of those big resorts yeah. behind the wall where the only part of Costa Rica is the beach because the rest of it is sort of the United States of America behind mm-hmm. a wall mm-hmm. with English-speaking staff. I mean, I get why people do that, but I think that's not really who we are. No. I think we can offer a more um, embedded experience of, of staying at a home in an area where we still want it to be safe and, and all that stuff, but... We want the home to be safe. We want the neighborhood to be safe. We want the guests to feel comfortable. But at the same time, we don't want to put you behind a big high wall. Yeah, the concrete jungle. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been doing this new thing on the podcast where instead of asking my normal closing question, uh, I ask the guest before you what question, not knowing who you are. They have no idea that I was going to sit down with Robin Cragen. Um, So Tori Bolt, she asked the question, what are your biggest failures that you learned from previously that have made you the operator that you are today? And after you answer that question, I'm going to ask you to ask the first question or the next question to our future guests who will be after you, not knowing who they are. Oh, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I, th- I feel like I might have answered it already is um, I think – I, re- I think we all recognize that we're the product of mistakes we've made in the past. So we've had big learnings um, in working with employees, learning how to um, work better with employees. And that means that we've learned from others in many cases. Um, we've, we've taken a lot of advice. Um, we've used a lot of different um, tools. We use predictive index that's helping us to understand our employees better. Mm-hmm. So when we've had a bad experience, we've said we've sat and we've said, what can we do better? Yeah. And we're like, well, I think we could, you know, we could work better with our team. Um, we haven't obviously had a catastrophic um, failure that has kind of ended the life of the business. And I feel like we have a lot of positive momentum right now. Um, you know, we have, and, and we focused um, on trying to make sure that we don't leave ourselves exposed to any new risks. Yeah, We just um, did some really incredible work with Justin Ford from Breezeway, had him here for a week auditing safety in our company mm-hmm. um, as part of our safety month um, in September. And, you know, the intention was there, let's never get to the point where we have a huge learning based on safety. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, over the years we've had close escapes, but I... And I think we're in generally pretty good shape, but we sure learned a lot from just having someone like Justin around. Yeah. So, you know, I would say it's just realizing that you're not perfect. You're not going to be perfect. Um, but if you're committed to success, then, you know, we've, we've had, we've made mistakes for sure. But our, our big takeaway was don't make the same mistake. Yeah. Don't have an unfortunate ending to someone's employment or, you know, have a disagreement that goes too far or whatever, you know. 
and we've we've had the same learnings that we've had with owners as well. So yeah. yeah. Well, so what would be your question? Not knowing who the next guest is going to be, what was the what's the question you'd want them to to answer? Um, my question to the next person that you're going to talk to would be. Um, because I said this at the VRMA when I was um, doing a session, we were talking about technology is um, what do you want to be when you grow up? Where do you want this business to go? And if you can identify what the roadmap is for your business, um, if, you, if you haven't thought of that, then you should think of that. You should think about where you want to go because identifying goals, I'm a big believer in if you have a goal and you aim for it, you're going to get there. And if you measure your progress towards that goal, then you're more likely to reach that goal than if you just say, well, let's just see what comes around the turn. Yeah. So that would be my question. Where do you want to be in 10 years' time? Did you ask yourself that question when you were starting Moving Mountains? Did you? Uh, I did not imagine 25 years ago we would. Yeah. And that's part of why I think that question needs to be asked is, Hmm. do you see, like, do you really see yourself in this industry in 10 years' time? Yeah. And where do you think you'll be? Because if you really put that down on paper, you have a chance of getting there. If you just kind of wander along, you know, you might do this, you might do that. Um, I think it's kind of like it's a business that can be um, distracting at times. So you can get distracted by new opportunities, new homes, um, new technology sometimes. And without thinking, like, what problem is this technology solving? You know, we've done that in the past. We've taken on things that, we ended up not using, wasting money on, you know, wasting time on, even worse. Yeah, that's pretty good. Continuous learning. (laughs) Continuous. I love it. Well, no, seriously, I got to thank you for the amazing uh, trip out here, the steamboat, for experiencing not only, you know, some quality time to get to hang out with you and Heather and the rest of the team here at Moving Mountains, but to really see behind the curtain, um, not just being a, a guy that I met online who got submitted through for some award that was created through COVID. So uh, it's been an incredible experience. I can say that you are the real deal, uh, which has been awesome to see. Thanks. Um, so, yeah, I just appreciate it. It's my team. It's, it's all the team. <laughs> I love it. That's no, too good. It's, the team is legit. Like just getting to see everyone um, from Dane, my main man, yeah. To uh, to Stephanie and the rest of the uh, the team I've met, so many names in one day. So I'm sorry if I don't mention any other na- <laughs> any other names. But no, seriously, it's been incredible to to be here. So awesome. I appreciate it. I've been excited to have you here. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you to our show partners for making Slick Talk the hospitality podcast possible. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we would love to connect with you outside of the podcast. So you can follow us on all of our social media channels for daily hospitality content or find us on slicktalkthepodcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and we will see you guys all again next week.